You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. All right, keep your Bibles out, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, here we have the Lord starting his ministry and, and, and his first preaching message, which is called the Beatitudes. And here we have the Lord, the creator of the world, getting up ready to preach and teach. And he does not have a building. He doesn't have some great edifice to stand in, no coliseum, not even a holy mountain that's been used by the prophets and where God had worked in the past. He wasn't on Sinai. He was on one of the mountains of Galilee. Just a common place. And just to a common people. Aren't you glad that he came to just common people? Amen. He's come, he's come for all of us. And God so loved the world, the Bible says. He came for everybody. But you know who the people are who are the most receptive are the people that for the most part don't have everything in this life. It's amazing to see, and you can go, whether it's here in uh, our community, the Yuba Sutter area, whether it's in uh, Sacramento or El Dorado Hills, you can go to uh, different places around the world, and what you will find is the more affluent are usually okay without God. Now, that's not, a, that's not across the board. And there are people, of course, that have faith, uh, that uh, have, uh, have what we would call worldly means, and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. God, God blesses obedience. God blesses uh, people, and he's been good to us. Amen? But, but with that, we just see that there is a more of a receptiveness to people who are in need. You go into the projects of Chicago, and I'll promise you, you will have a lot more opportunity to share the gospel than if you go into the, the high-income uh, areas and the gated communities. You know, they have everything they need, they think. But Jesus came, and as he came, he was starting his earthly ministry. We have this, this message, and this message... You think my messages are long. These, these, this message went from chapter 5 to chapter 7. Uh, and so it was a whole bunch of messages pulled together. And you might think, well, that happens about every time you get up to speak. It's just sort of all over the place. Uh, but uh, anyway, the Lord had this message, and he's reaching out, and he's teaching, he's instructing, and the people were there. His disciples were there. You know, the message is for everybody, but the followers of Christ better get it. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves everybody, but at the same time, not everybody's listening. But the disciples have got to listen. 
the disciples, they were the followers of Christ. We're not just talking about the 12. We're talking about people that were following. They were disciples. They were disciplined ones. And these were committed believers, committed followers of Christ. And the Lord is saying, listen, I've got something I need to give to you. But I'm, it's unfortunate to say everything that he has given to me, I've not always grabbed it. The lessons he has tried to teach me oftentimes, later after it doesn't work, I go back and say, oh man, I did that one wrong. And I didn't learn what I was supposed to learn. And here the Lord is trying to get us to grab a hold of some things that will help us in, in our life. And he gives us nine or eight statements. He, there's nine statements that say, bless, blessed are. And he gives all nine of these things, and uh, the last two are really one, dealing with persecution. So there are eight different attributes here of a blessed person. Now, if I were to ask you if you are blessed, all of us would say, yeah, I'm blessed. And uh, to be honest, I, and somebody asked me how I'm doing, uh, I'm blessed. And I'm blessed whether I'm doing good or whether I'm doing bad. I'm blessed if I am topside or I'm blessed or if I'm carrying a weight that it feels crushing. You see, that blessed, let's hold off and let's not come up front. Uh, that blessed and being, uh, being there, uh, that, that blessings of God, they are ours. God gives us so many blessings. But sometimes we're still burdened. And all of these blessings that God has for us, these blessings, not all of them are for right now. Now, I don't really like that. I want the blessings now. I want to be able to enjoy the blessings now, but the reality is some of the blessings that we will experience we will experience them, but they're not necessarily in this kingdom. But some of them we will. And I don't know which ones that you and I will experience. But God tells me and gives us the attributes of people who are blessed in God's mind. Now, when we think about blessed... I'm healthy, I'm happy. My family's doing good, it's all good. Isn't that sort of how we sum up our blessed? I'm blessed, everything's good. I had, I've got, I didn't have breakfast this morning, but, but I've, I've got food in the cabinet. I'm gonna have dinner this afternoon. Well, come on now, if I finish. But there are blessings that, that we have and we enjoy right now. And that's sort of, if we're not careful, we gauge our bless, blessedness just based on what makes us happy. But God here, he, he tells us, blessed are. And he lists some attributes 
of people who are blessed, and these are blessings in God's eyes. The last, the last two bless, blessed are deal with persecution. Boy, that's one I don't want. But the reality is, in God's view, there is a blessing that's tied to that. And so, so with that, I want to look this morning. God says, blessed are, and he lists these attributes, these eight attributes. And the question to you this morning, the title of the message is, are you blessed? Are you blessed? Is it I'm blessed based on my ideas or am I blessed based on God's ideas? Because if we are just looking at what we think life should be, we're going to get disenchanted with God because His priorities are not our priorities, vice versa. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. And so here, when God says we're blessed, that means that we are doing these things. Blessed are the people that are doing and have these attributes uh, in their life, these characteristics of, of blessed people. So this morning, are you blessed? And let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you'd bless the next few moments. And as we open your word, uh, I do pray that you would help us to, to learn, to grow. Help us to mature in our faith. Uh, Lord, it's, it's bigger than just what we enjoy in life. And so I pray that you would give us wisdom to be able to see things as you see it. And may we then adapt our, uh, our desires according to your desires, our attitudes to your attitudes. And so help us now, please, grow us for Christ's sake. Amen. All right, so we're going to look at four different uh, uh, points here this morning. I want you to see, first of all, uh, are you blessed? Look at verse number three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. So first of all, I want you to see, number one, our attitude towards ourself. Our attitude towards ourself. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, he's not talking about poor, necessarily poor as in financially poor, uh, but he is saying lacking, lacking in an area. He said poor in spirit, and he's not talking about having drive and energy and, uh, and, uh, and enthusiasm. He's not talking about that. He is talking about self-image and pride. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, we really have to start right here. Because if I have a wrong view of me, I will have a wrong view of God and everyone else. You know, we give the teenagers a hard time about being selfish. It's not just the teenagers. But immaturity is, is viewed Usually, you can see immaturity uh, reveal itself when everything is good or bad based on how it impacts me. And that is, that is dealing with a core issue called pride. You know, pride is a sin that we all have. It's a, it's a core issue. And, and pride isn't just for people who are outgoing 
Just because someone's bashful does not mean that they're not proud and don't deal with pride. Pride is a core sin. And when we look at pride, we find here that our view of ourselves, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who are not looking highly uh, on themselves. And, uh, and with this, the Lord is uh, wanting us to be humble. Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3. Romans 12, 3. So this poor in spirit uh, dealing with pride and we are to be humble. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And what do we find here? Uh, we are to see ourselves in a proper view. You know, we are a sinner. We're a sinner. We deserve judgment. Boy, that was quiet. The reality is we deserve judgment. Let me say that again. We deserve judgment. Are we waking up yet? We're going to stay here as long as you want to stay. All right. Uh, we do. We, de we deserve to be judged. We're sinners. We, we not only have sinned against Almighty God, we continue to sin against Almighty God. And when we recognize that, it helps us put ourselves in a proper position because our view of ourselves impacts everything that we do about our faith. Because if I think more highly of myself than I ought to think, then everything's about me. That means it's not about God. And if it's about you or it's about me, it's not about God. Well, sort of. No, not sort of. God said, I am a jealous God. God will be second to nobody. God will be second, will not be second to yourself. God will not be second to your spouse. Spouse, God will not be second to your children. He won't be second to anything. He won't be second to your career. He won't be second to anything. God wants to be God. And we have to start. Here the Lord started with, blessed are the poor in spirit. So let me ask you a question. Are you blessed? That's not how you thought this message was going to go, is it? Blessed are. It just sounds so exciting, so, so blessed. It's just going to be an enjoyable message. The Lord here was dealing with core belief system. He's dealing with where everything starts. It all starts right in the heart. It starts in the heart uh, of man. And, and here he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. When we have the wrong view of ourselves, we have the wrong view of everyone else, of God, of the world. Uh, when we have a, a, a wrong view of ourselves, we have a wrong view of our responsibilities. We have a wrong view of our accountability. You see, it just comes down to Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, we, we have a wrong uh, a view of our responsibilities to our faith, to our family, 
to our, in our finances, in our future, every aspect of life. If we don't see who we are properly, if we are proud and we are not humble, then what do we find is, is we don't have the proper structure wherewith to be able to build our faith properly. Have you ever went to maybe look at a house that was for sale? And you pulled in and you thought, man, that looked like they just added on there and they added on there and they added on there and nothing looks like it was planned. Have you, have you seen something like that? There have been times you look at it, it's like, what in the world? What happened? Uh, how did they ever come up with this? I mean, uh, you're seeing the square footage and you're thinking, there is no way that that was ever engineered. Uh, that one flew in under the radar. That wouldn't have been approved by county uh, and the permitting process. But you look at that and you think, man, that just looks so disproportionate. You know, when we try to build our life and add God to it, but keep us number one, it doesn't look right. It doesn't work right. He dealt with pride, first of all. What was the pride, what was the sin that caused Satan to be cast out of heaven? He said, I will be like the most high. What was it? It was pride. And here, when we look at this, we see that, that core sin. So we had, uh, first of all, this attitude toward ourself. Secondly, I want you to see an attitude toward sin. An attitude towards sin. Look at verse number four, back in Matthew 5. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And, and we think that uh, these, are, these are just things to add to our faith. No, these are, these are our core issues that the Lord is dealing with. When he says, blessed are they that mourn, he is talking about that they mourn over their sin. He's not just talking about somebody that has a heartache. How would that, how would that bring blessing? He's not just saying, well, this person is uh, just, they, they just have a lot going on and they're, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're heartbroken, so they must be blessed. You know, God's a lot smarter than, than that. When he's saying, blessed are they that mourn, he is referring to our sin. Blessed are they which are mourning. And it's talking, it's talking literally about the, the weight of sin that we carry. You see, if my sin doesn't bother me, I'm not going to change. And if my sin doesn't bother me, then I'm not going to have repentance. And if my sin doesn't bother me, I'm not going to have forgiveness. And if I don't have forgiveness, I don't have a relationship with God. Bible says in Isaiah 59, he said, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. There is a broken relationship when sin is allowed into our life. And when we live in open sin, when we are directly disobeying God, all of us are sinners. Uh, but when we are uh, actively engaging in sinful behavior and we are not dealing with those sins, that relationship is severed. 
We're still God's child, but we are not close. There are relationships in life where it might be family, but there is no closeness. Why? Because something has happened and there's a division that's there. And the reality is that same thing, God identifies us uh, as his children. And, and when we are not doing right and we are sinning, then there is a division between us and God. Uh, so when he says, blessed are they that mourn, they that mourn over sin, go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, I know the verses are coming up. Use your Bible. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And verse number 9. Luke chapter 18, verse number 9. The Bible says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with God, uh, with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, notice verse 14. I understand that this passage is, is talking about salvation, uh, the someone coming to Christ, and, uh, and we're talking about salvation. But look at verse 14. He says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Semicolon. Let me explain. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The Lord is teaching us we have to have a proper view of our own sin. Where do we stand? Blessed are they the mourn. Does our sin bother us? You say something that you shouldn't say. Ugh. You watch something on TV you shouldn't watch. You look and have a lustful look. I was listening to the radio yesterday. And as I was listening to the radio, I don't know what program it was, they were talking about pornography. And here, this, this, uh, uh, this, this uh, station, as they were talking, they were, they were dealing with, the, uh, with just the low birth rate, rate that America has. And here you have these two individuals, commentators on this show, and they were talking about how is it that this, the younger generation is not marrying and not having kids. And the observation, I don't know if these guys are saved. It wasn't a Christian radio station. Their observation was there are so many appetites that are fulfilled instantaneously that we don't even have to have the act of marriage for our fulfillment. That's, that's crazy. But the reality is the birth rate in America keeps on going down. We are right on the precipice, point one points 
of going beyond the state where they say that when a nation goes below 1.4, and we are at 1.4, when a nation goes below 1.4, that they pass the ability to sustain the nation and that they will move towards extinction. That's pretty amazing. You know, God's, God's plan was to be fruitful and multiply. But the world's plan, everything is opposite. Even, even to the point of not having children, and it impacts the entire world. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. I mean, just you see it on so many points. But uh, here we just see how uh, the view towards sin. Uh, Psalm 51, uh, David has committed adultery with Bathsheba, had Uriah killed, and now he's coming back to God. The prophet comes, put his finger in his face, and says, Thou art the man. And here what we find is that uh, David comes back uh, to the Lord. He says in verse number 1 of Isaiah, or Psalm 51, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God. Uh, 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 according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. What do we find? We find David now. He recognized his sin. He had the right view of sin. He was mourning because of his sin. You know what happened? God restored the joy of his salvation. He brought him back. There's forgiveness that's there. But when we don't have any problem with our sin, there's no forgiveness. There's no forgiveness. It's available, but it's not given. God's all, God is a forgiving God. And he is willing to forgive. But there has to be that repentance. And so uh, we see here, he said, blessed are they that mourn. He says next, blessed are the meek. Uh, the meek. Now, meek, when we think about meek, we think about weak. But that is not the case. The word meek uh, is the same word that the Greeks used for uh, describing a horse that had been broken. It was, it was a... It was strength under control. My sister's dad had, had some horses, and he decided that he was going to buy some, uh, some wild, uh, wild horses, and he was going to get somebody to break these wild horses. Now, we're not living in the Wild West, all right? Uh, and and there, there were some guys that said, oh yeah, we can help you with that. We can do this. And, and they were just uh, young, uh, young horses. And uh, I don't know what age uh, that they would have been. But uh, anyway, they weren't uh, full-grown horses. And so these guys got in there. They put a, a, a halter on them. Uh, and then they uh, tried, to, uh, tried to hold them for another guy to jump up on the back. And I'm telling you, those two men got tossed around like just like a pinata. I mean, they were just thrown everywhere, uh, and they never broke that horse. The horse broke them. You know, when God says about meekness, he is, 
he is not trying to take away that strength. He's talking about that strength being submitted. Just like the horse is submitted, they have, they have learned, they have grown, they have uh, accepted the leadership of the rider, and now they're submitting themselves to the instruction and guidance uh, of the one that is leading them. And you know what? You and I, we are to be led and guided by God. You know what? He's not looking for a bunch of pansies. He's not looking for a bunch of people just to be weak and, and, and uh, uh, quiet. And, you know, how does how being quiet work for the Christian? How has how being quiet worked for conservatives? It's not working. Being meek does not mean that we are weak. The Bible tells us that Jesus was meek. Our Savior was not a weak Savior. Matthew chapter 11, verse number 29, uh, uh, the Lord said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. The Lord was meek. You and I, blessed are the meek. You know, the Christian, we are to submit ourselves to the Lord. We are to submit our strengths to him. We are to submit our abilities to him. We're to submit our life just to be under his control. Uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, uh, the Bible says that uh, now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which are upon the face of the earth. Now Moses, uh, when you look at his leadership and you see how he led through the Old Testament, you're not finding someone uh, who was a weak leader. He was a strong leader, yet he was meek. And you and I, we just need to have, uh, God says, a blessed or the meek. Uh, You can be strong and you can have those uh, that strength in you but the reality is that strength needs to be submitted to the almighty blessed are the meek so our attitude towards our self our attitudes towards our sin thirdly our attitude towards the savior our attitude Towards the Savior. Here, all of these we see uh, our view now of God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 7. He said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And all three of these deal with our interaction with the Lord and His will. They all deal with the Lord and His will. So, first of all, blessed are the merciful. Now, aren't you glad that God is a merciful God? He's merciful. Now, mercy and grace, two different graces. You have, you have mercy, an attribute of God, uh, and mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. That's that judgment I was talking about a little while ago. But then there's grace. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. So on one hand, God's mercy, he doesn't give us what we do deserve, but he gives us what we don't deserve. That's pretty amazing to think about how good God is to us. But here, he, he gives us, and he shows here, he says, blessed are uh, the merciful. Uh, and this mercy, though, something about mercy is it can only be given 
by the one who is offended. God gives mercy to man because man has offended God. God gives mercy to man because man has wronged God. And that puts God in the position to be able to extend mercy. Let's say that, uh, uh, let's say that uh, Brother Stephen comes up and he slaps Brother David across the face. And I look at Brother Stephen and say, I forgive you. I'll show, I'll show mercy. It doesn't work, does it? It doesn't help Brother David. He's the one that got smacked. These, these two Hollywood guys that are smack, getting smacked, you know, and all the news that's over that, uh, I think they all should be smacked. Uh, and so... Uh, anyway, uh, but uh, here you have, uh, you have the, the mercy, and God's, God gives mercy, and he says, blessed are the merciful. You know what that means? That means for us to be merciful, to be blessed, to be able to be merciful, that means we have to be willing to be wronged. Not just willing, because sometimes, whether we're willing or not, we're still going to be wronged. And mercy then, for me to be able to give and extend that mercy, I have to recognize that that wrong's coming in my life. And I'm going to give mercy. I'm going to extend forgiveness, whether they ask for it or not. Whether they deserve it, or not. Don't get quiet on me. God says, blessed are the merciful. Are you blessed? Do you extend mercy? Well, they didn't ask me for my forgiveness. That's not what the Bible teaches. They said they were sorry, but they didn't mean it. Has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you and me. Mercy is something that we extend. Whether it's accepted, whether it's rejected, whether it's deserved, none of those matter. God says, blessed are the merciful. And so here we have our view of God. How do I understand how to be merciful? Because I just look at who God is. And my view of God helps me to have the right view of how I'm supposed to be. And so here, this, this mercy that is extended, blessed are the merciful, uh, Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and hath lift, uh, raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us, through Jesus or through Christ Jesus. And so here, uh, we have to be willing, or we are going to be, if we are going to be merciful, we are going to be the object of ridicule. We will be the object of accusation. We will be the object of scorn. We will be the object of hate. We will be the object of persecution. 
but we can be merciful. And in doing so, God says you're blessed. Now that just doesn't sound too fun to me. Can't we just take this one out of the picture? Can't we take the last two out of the picture? I, I mean, I want the ones that I just, just bring happiness in my life. I like the Lord forgiving me. I like the Lord being gracious to me. But I don't want to have to experience anything that is hurtful. He said, blessed are the meek. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. Pure in heart. I believe the Lord put this one right after mercy. I believe it's not only just a divine message. I believe there are divine methods and I believe there is a divine order. And here when we look at this, it all comes back to our heart. You know, when you're wronged, and even if you forgive, we don't forget, do we? It comes right back up. He said, well, if, if you really forgive, you would forget. No, because we are not God. We don't have that ability. Now, us men are more like God than you ladies because we forget everything. <laughs> uh, I mean, one time Deb and I were talking and, and she was saying I was doing something and I was like, well, I'm not the only one that does. She says, well, when? When did I do this? Or when? And I'm like, well, I know you, I know you have. And she's like, when? And she was just being sort of arrogant. And, uh, and so we were going, it was in a teasing manner. We weren't, art, we weren't fighting. It was just a bantering. And I was just like, well, I'm just more like the Lord than you are. I forget. <laughs> but the, real, the reality is, the Bible says that Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence. You know, we got to keep our heart. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know what that does? That makes me grab a hold of those thoughts and say, you know what, those aren't good thoughts. Those thoughts are not, those are going to hurt my heart. Those are going to stir up anger. They're going to stir up jealousy. They're going to stir up uh, vengeance. Uh, I've got to cast those away. I've got to keep my heart. Let me tell you something, you will be wronged. You'll be wronged. And it's your responsibility to keep your heart. God says, blessed are the merciful. We've got we've to give that mercy, but then the pure in heart. The pure without pollution without admixture is the word nothing's added in it's pure and here God wants us to keep a pure heart you know the only way we can keep our heart pure is to be coming before the Lord all the time he says he said if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
that relationship, that poor and uh, the the uh, the pure and hard here. Uh, then he said, the peacemakers. Uh, what what does he want us to do? He wants us to bring peace. Bring peace. Now, we're not going to have peace with everybody, but we should bring peace with God to everybody. You know, there are people that I have tried to make peace with that I can't make peace with. You say, Pastor, what do you do? I just say, okay. Uh, I'm not mad. I'm not vengeful. I don't have anything against them. But I'm not going to keep trying. You know why? Because that just keeps it stirring up in my heart. There are people that like me. There are people that hate me. And I can't change them. I can only control me. And with that, I've got I've to work on my own heart. And so here, he says, blessed are the peacemakers, and we should endeavor to try to make peace, and we should endeavor to try to remove any issues when there are issues. But Romans 5.1 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. You know, the greatest peacemaker we can be is someone who is going to bring someone who is the enemy of God and bring them to the position of being a child of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. I don't think it's just those that are going around saying, can't we just all get along? You know what? We can't just all get along. You have somebody at work that, that you, I mean, doesn't matter what you do, you can't make them happy. There's, there's no way for everybody to get along with everybody. But the Lord, he doesn't want us to go around and just, create enemies, but at the same time, you know, we should be a restorer. We should be people that are bringing uh, restoration. Uh, The believer's greatest responsibility is to bring others to a position of peace with God. Peace with man is secondary. That's secondary. Is it nice? I like peace. I like peace. And there are times of turmoil, and there are times of, uh, of frustration and anger, and there, there are all of those, but the reality is we've got to make sure that we are trying to be the person that God would want us to be. And here he gives these lists of things that are going to help. Uh, we see the attitude here uh, towards uh, the Savior. Then, uh, lastly, the attitude towards of the secular. Verse number 10, Matthew 5, and I'm done. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Now notice here, this is not peace. This is persecution. So the endeavoring to be a peacemaker does not mean that you will have peace. This persecution is coming because of the, the, the uh, animosity that they have uh, against the Lord. So rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward. Where? 
in heaven. In heaven. Now, here we find that these, these blessings, and John, the Lord told us that because we are not of the world, we're hated. He has called us out of the world. We're not to be like the world. They persecuted him, they're going to persecute us. And, and here what we find is that in this persecution, in this, uh, our view, our attitude towards the secular world, uh, we have to realize that our fulfillment is not down here. It's all in heaven. You know what persecution does? It brings great clarity to what's really important. What's really important? You know, the Christians that were arrested this last week, called in, detained, they weren't worried about their boat. They weren't worried about whether somebody liked them or not. They recognized that everything in their life was at stake of being gone even up to their life. You know, persecution helps us have a spiritual, eternal view. You know, the Lord said, blessed are the persecuted. So these eight different attitudes, they help the believer, the disciple, the committed follower of Christ to say, listen, God's saying, listen, these are the areas when this is embodying, you are embodying these things, you can see that you are blessed. You will be blessed. I will bless you. Uh, I will make sure uh, that there is that uh, protection and uh, that fulfillment and that care. It uh, doesn't mean that he is going to keep us from all evil. But what we do know is he will never leave us nor forsake us. So here when he said blessed are, not all these are real enjoyable. But they're part of the committed Christian's life. Are we blessed? Are we allowing these attributes to be lived out? Are we allowing them to show, be shown, exhibited? And if we're not, maybe we got to stop and back up and Look into our faith. Look into our life. Look into our spiritual well-being and our walk with the Lord. And say, okay, God, you said that this is how you view the blessed life. I need to work on some of these attributes. I don't know about you, but I got to work on some of these attributes. These are things that, that we have got to make sure are being a part of who we are as a believer. And God says that is the blessed person. Now, I've spoken all morning to the believer. I have taught truths that are, this is not milk. It's one thing to let it go in your ear. It's another thing to live it. And here for the committed believer 
Are we going to embrace these attitudes or are we going to reject them? Are we going to grab a hold of these and say, okay, this is, this is what the Christian life is supposed to be? Or I just don't know. And back away. Christian, he was talking to the disciples. And he was telling them, this is what Christianity is. Then, I spoke to the Christians. Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ. You have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let me encourage you. Take that step. He's a wonderful Savior. He's a wonderful Savior. And you, with, without Him, you are lost. Not just in this world, but you are lost for eternity. Under the judgment of Almighty God. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. And if you've never accepted Christ, let me encourage you, trust Him today. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your goodness. And, and I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we look into our own lives. And uh, may you uh, help us, Lord, to uh, be the believer that you'd want us to be. Help us to be committed followers of Jesus Christ. And, and so speak now to hearts as only you can. Uh, those that are here, those that are online, help all of us, Lord, to grow uh, in our walk with you. Uh, and Lord, if there's one here that hasn't trusted you, I pray today that you'd work in their lives. Please draw them to yourself. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. Maybe you come to an altar and bow a knee and a heart before God. And just, just come before him and tell him, hey, Lord, I need to work on this area right here. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got ill will towards somebody. Maybe you're here this morning and You've not extended that mercy. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Christ. Let me encourage you to come. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.